0: Have you ever wondered how to attend to a soul? What does that mean? And what does it look like for your family and your relationships? Well, today we were going to talk about it and I think you're going to be surprised with some of the things we've learned. See you in there.
1: Welcome to the Simple Joyful Home Podcast. Join Emily and Alicia, two moms doing their best. This is a podcast about Come Follow Me and the Book of Mormon, and how anything you learn from the scriptures can be transformed into practical and simple solutions to strengthen your home, your relationships, and even yourself. If you're ready to triumph over self-doubt and increase the joy in your heart and in your home, join them on this inspired journey. Take it away, ladies.
0: Hello. This, this is Emily. And this is Alicia. Welcome. Welcome. This is for our Come Follow Me as Moroni, um, chapters 1 through 6. And this is episode 48.
1: This week um, in chapters 1 through 5 of Moroni, it's really like the Cliff Notes version, if there is such a thing, of important ordinances in the church, like um, getting the Holy Ghost, being ordained a priest and a teacher, the sacramental yeah. prayers um, for the bread and the water. When he knew that he needed to write his final words, Moroni, he was like, what is most important? And then he like put some really powerful set of scriptures right here. And ones we can go to, I mean, at our, during our time, um, of having church at home, this is where my husband has gone for the sacramental prayer. So it's, it's like, I'm grateful that it's here.
0: Oh, for sure.
1: We chose to spend our time um, talking about some, a couple of scriptures in chapter six.
0: Yeah. So he's talking about how when people are, you know, newly baptized members, like they need this sort of a sense of fellowship and ministering. And he does this really great thing of laying it out for us on how to do that. And what we really liked about it was like, we could totally apply this to our homes and our family and ourselves and all these things. So in chapter six, verse four, it says, and after they had, been received unto baptism, and were wrought upon and cleansed by the power of the Holy Ghost, they were numbered among the people of the church of Christ. And their names were taken, that they might be remembered and nourished by the good word of God, to keep them in the right way, to keep them continually watchful unto prayer, relying alone upon the merits of Christ, who was the author and the finisher of their faith. And the church did meet together oft to fast and to pray and to speak one with another concerning the welfare of their souls. And I really was taken by this saying of, like, the reason why they gathered was that they wanted to be concerned about the welfare of their souls. And maybe it's because our gathering is different now. Like, it's a different contrast than what it normally is Mm. and how important gathering is because we need to care. And if we had that sense when we do go to church to really care for the welfare of someone's soul— I just think this—it's a different um, mental switch for me of like the reason why we gather, like one for
1: their souls and also for
0: the importance of the sacrament. Right?
1: This isn't a new thing. Like Moroni is talking about the importance of gathering, the importance of nourishing, the importance of remembering them and watching out for them and praying for them, and we are still talking about this today. In just this most recent conference, Sharon Eubank, her talk was all about by union of feeling, we obtain power with God. It was all about when we gather and how we can support each other and how we can remember each other and nourish each other. And I love that when she gave this talk, she said that that line really stick out to her, that by union of feeling, we obtain power with God. And And then she went into it. I mean, think of Moroni at this time and Sharon Eubank as she's giving this talk. She says, this world isn't what I want it to be. Can you just hear Moroni saying this? Yeah. This world isn't what I want it to be. There are many things I want to influence and make better. And frankly, there is a lot of opposition to what I hope for. And sometimes I feel powerless. Lately, I've been asking myself, searching questions. How can I understand people around me better? I mean, we are still doing today what Moroni talked about way back then before he put this book away for our time. And I, that is just so powerful to me. And the question was the same How can I understand people around me better? And Moroni gives us the answer to that. And this is so applicable in our ward families, in our home families, in our families. Family of friends, yeah, this is applicable everywhere, and he like lays it out for us. You guys, I have always thought of family councils as like, I don't know, I just don't have like a a happy like, oh, that's what we do, and it brings us close together. I have a oh, family council. I'm sure I have plans. I'm <laughs> sure there's somewhere I need to be. When I was growing up, you had a family council when someone was in trouble or someone. Was in trouble. <laughs> That's when you have family counsel. We right? had family
0: council when you left too many towels in your room. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Or there was a funeral or whatever. Oh. But like we just that they weren't like happy, joyful. Let's bond. Let's try and understand each other better moments. But when I read this and when Emily and I were talking about it, I was like, oh, my word. This is what I want family council to be for my family. I want it to be this, this is so cool what Moroni is teaching. And so he lays out in chapter six, verse four, um, Emily read that scripture just a minute ago, but he talks about names were taken. And so how often do we take a minute to really focus on one person, their name, what's happening in their life? Maybe we pick someone in our ward congregation and we think, you know what? I wonder what's happening with them. And when you get to go to church or when you're on that zoom meeting, or you like are specifically looking to them, do they look like they're doing okay? Can I reach out to them? Like you're really interested in them. That one person, the one, right. And Mm -hmm. their name, like, I wonder how Colette is doing today. I wonder how Annie is doing today. I want to know. And that name resonates in your mind as you go throughout your your Sunday or your day where you may have a time to uh, to interact with them on some other level, whether it's virtual or um, actually physically at church.
0: Yeah, and then w- when you do talk to them or you have a chance to reach out to them, you know, maybe ask for that w- a little bit more information, not just like, "How are you doing? Fine, yeah. awesome. We'll see you." You know, like maybe this ask for
1: that one little thing more. Yeah. I love it. Cause he goes on to say like, names were taken that they may be remembered. How are we remembering what's happening in these people's lives that we care about? When we come up to them, like Emily was saying, like, Hey, I remember you had this going on. I remember your kids were all in basketball and now they're not because we're taking a little break because of COVID. How's that going? Are they able to practice or Or, you know, I remember that you were working on this project that was really important to you. And how'd it go? That whole phrase, I remember. And then what do you remember about the last time you talked to them? That is really hard to do. And when people do that with me, I'm like, oh my word, they actually care about what's happening in my life. Like, I feel like they know me better. And if you can get good at this skill, I think it helps you bond way faster. Yeah,
0: you have a deeper friendship with Yeah.
1: You. And have you guys ever found that ministering? Sometimes you're like, seriously, people, how do I actually get to know someone? That is such a good tool. Like I remember this. How did it go? And then what's the clencher to this, which will what will really like Seal just the deal. give you a home run? Yeah. Is when you, when they finish telling you about it, be like, that is whatever, really cool or so interesting or wow. Like I didn't even know that was possible. Whatever your, I listened and then tell me more. You want to know what's really happening in their life? Three words, tell me more. And they're like, oh, well actually (laughs) most people, right? Yeah. Because once you get them going and they're thinking about the event, but then they don't want to take too much time or they don't want to seem too, proud or they don't want to like, we are human. Every single one of us, with the exception of very few, will stop ourselves before we're actually done. We just will. We don't want to be like the center of attention or take away from someone else or
0: take their time. But when yeah. they say,
1: tell me more, you're like, all right. Yeah. Sit and down. It just, yeah. <laughs> it gives you permission to be real and yeah. to take the time and to really connect on a different level. So I just love this, that, that was such a great thing.
0: Okay, so we've talked about two things that the scripture teaches already. We talked about picking a name and also how to remember them, and asking things and and having them tell more. And so now there's just a few more that we really love this scripture that teaches. And the next one is nourished by the word of God, and we really wanted to figure out what that meant to to us and our families, and how we can apply that. And it, this story immediately came to my mind of. My mom, growing up, I have a bunch of younger siblings, and at the time I was babysitting for them, and she came home, and it was quiet, the kids were in bed, and she sat down for me, and I'm like, well, how is the temple? And she's like, oh, Emily, it was just so wonderful. And she went on it, and I don't even remember the details of the story, but she shared this just really spiritual experience that she had at the at the temple. And I remember sitting there on the floor, looking up at my mom, and having this moment like, "This is what the spirit feels like." And it was just this moment like, "I think I, I think I'm feeling the spirit." And it was just such a touching, just so nourishing. I still remember today, and I always look for that feeling um, and recognize it because my mom took this moment where she nourished me with the word of God in her own testimony and her own experience, and. And it, it didn't feel preachy. It didn't feel like, I, like, oh, I wish I could have that or not. But it was just this moment of teaching in the spirit of sharing what they felt. And the, so the spirit could then nourish me, like opening up that moment. And how important it is to, to do that with others. Sometimes I think we hold back a little bit when we we're worried that it'll come off weird or it's too inappropriate. But when we're talking about our personal relationships, especially with our family members, those need to be shared more often. We need to nourish people with our testimonies, with mm-hmm. things that have happened that we've been touched on, an answer to a prayer, or or maybe you've just felt so blessed to know them and you want to share that with them. And I was telling my husband about this. He's like, actually, I had an experience too he said <clears throat> when he was younger, it was a fast Sunday, and he was fasting, um, had a purpose. And then he saw one of his friends, and he could tell he was having kind of a hard time. So when he went to go end his fast and say a prayer, he included his friend in, into this fast. And as soon as he got up off his knees, the phone rang. Back in the day when it rang on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and he someone yelled down, hey, it's for you. Steve, it's it's this it is his friend and he and so he ran up and he's like, Wow, that's so crazy. Like I just stood up and his friend gets on and he's like, Yeah, I'm having a hard time. And he's like, Well, I could kind of tell, and I actually fasted for you today. I included you in my fast. And the friend was just blown away that he he had been thought of and that he had shared this like just a simple little spiritual moment with him and it really helped and it really uplifted him. And he's always remembered that. And I think it's important that we Say those kind of things because I think they really do nourish by the word of God. It's not always in a, a teaching setting or in a church setting that these are also other opportunities that we can nourish by the word of God without it feeling awkward or-
1: Without reading them in actual scripture-
0: yeah. I'm like, well, yeah. let me help you out with that. Yeah. <laughs> you
1: know, I just happen to have.
0: Yeah. And I was even just talking to a friend um, just the last couple of days of how she's wanted to express to people how much they mean to her because they have been an answer to her prayer, that they have blessed her life more than they know. And I said, I think we need to hear more people share that. Mm-hmm. I really think that it touches people and it makes people feel good when we share things that that mean a lot to us It shouldn't ever scare them away because it should help and bring the spirit to them so they can be nourished. So mm-hmm. anyway, just a different take, I think, on
1: that thought. Of- one thing I love about Emily and how she is nourished by the good word of God, one of the names for Christ is the word this is under Jesus Christ names and titles of in the encyclopedia of Mormonism. And it's available online at BYU edu. But it says the word is another name for Christ. And it says as words carry the thoughts of one mind to the minds of others. So Jesus communicates the mind and will of the father to mortals. And I think when we share our testimony, our experiences and our testimony open up opportunity for the Holy Ghost to really share the mind and the will of God with that person. And the beauty of sharing our experience without preaching the lesson they should get from our experience is that they get to pull their own lesson. The Spirit gets to teach them what they need to hear. The common denominator is the Spirit is present to speak to the heart. Yes. And to me, that is what nourishing by the good word of God is. Yes.
0: Even just saying, "Well, I've really felt impressed to speak to you." It's yeah. almost like my father's like, "Hey, you should go yeah. talk to her." That that simple phrase even alone can touch a person's heart.
1: It's true. Even talking about your struggles, but still expressing your faith and your hope, that is also opening up an opportunity for the spirit to be in your conversation.
0: Even with my mom, like she in her mind was sharing this special moment at the Mm -hmm. temple, right? So in almost in her mind, she's probably thinking, I'm sharing how great the temple is to my daughter. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I'm a teenager who's wondering what the spirit feels like. And the spirit says, this is what I feel like. And so she had no idea.
1: It wasn't the that temple was. that was getting wasn't through te- to you. Yeah. Right. It was the so spirit. the spirit
0: then taught me something. Right. Mm-hmm. And how we never know. So even just share what's on your mind, just share what's in your heart and, you know, be, it doesn't have to be scary. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Well, yeah. I really think we do lack those spiritual experiences and mm-hmm. sharing them because we, they can be like personal, but oh man, for our kids. Yeah. You know, we need to do it more often.
1: Yeah. And her spouses. I mean, really? We spend a lot of time on our kids. (laughs) Even like
0: if I shared a spiritual experience with my mom, she would just be
1: be beaming. And to say, Hey mom, I remember you had this going on and tell me more after they finished talking. Like, I I think, man, so cool. just
0: did it to all of us adult children. She, Mm. we, we all do Marco Polo together and she got on and she said, I just had the neatest experience. I've been, testing and trying really hard to learn how to do more family history. And she shared this experience of, you know, navigating this, this realm of family history and was very touched by it. And she, she just shared it with all of us and all of us were blessed because of it. I made me want yeah. to do more family history. So mom, you're winning right now. Right. <laughs> anyway. I, and really the thing I loved about it was that my mom had a spiritual experience Yeah, that she was so touched by and she felt loved by Heavenly Father. Yeah. that they that there was a voice being heard there, you know, I mean, as an adult I, I still love that, I cherish those most, especially the people we love and care about close to us, so there's difference between hearing a testimony and experience a testimony meeting versus someone right in front of you. Mm-hmm. There's a power in that,
1: yeah, that personal, yeah, yeah, or it's just true. experiences, and so we've talked about names we've talked about. Being remembered, like what I remember, and then tell me more. We've talked about being nourished by the good word of God, sharing your experiences. Where are you now? And um, and talking about your faith and talking about um, just those spiritual experiences that are happening in the life or in your life. Our next one, number four, is we do all of this that we might continually be watchful unto prayer. And man, I love this part. I like the part where it's like continually watchful and why so that we have something to pray for for them so that we're not just saying hey please bless please bless Seth he's really struggling at work like okay thanks it's you know what please bless Seth he's got this training coming up and I know it's going to be like emotionally draining and I know it's going to be hard and I I know that he's going to have to drive extra far and he's going to have longer days and like be watchful You you can
0: be more specific yeah
1: Those specific prayers and your awareness of the specifics in their life, it just is, it's a cycle, right? When you start praying for that, then you have something to say, hey, I remembered you had this class and how did that go? And I know you were worried about like the long drives and long days. And I mean, man, how was your commute? And like you, because you prayed for it, then all of a sudden it's just one more reminder For things to talk about, and then you can be like, tell me more. Then you can say, you know what? I prayed for you. And that is so cool. I had no idea that this had happened. And then all of a sudden you're sharing an experience. And that won't always happen, but I bet it happens at least a couple times in your first, you know, half a dozen times of doing this. That you're the things you're praying for for that person, you see little miracles. And it just all of this supports continuing and building that future
0: helps us teach us to be more caring for others Mm -hmm. and having more like that charity kind of like we talked about last
1: week that charity in our hearts yeah for other people and I think it reminds us who's really in charge I mean we can want the best for our kids we can want the best for our spouse we can want the best for the sisters we minister to at church but they are still free to make their own decisions and yeah. they're still gonna be affected by hardships that we did not see coming. And, and we never know how they'll react and how long it will take them to get to the place that God is pushing them towards, right? And it's not ours to judge. Yep. And so by being prayerful and continually watchful unto prayer, it's saying, you know what? I care about this person Enough to pray to you and ask you to help them, but I also know that I don't know everything, and you do. so help them in the way that yeah, well that I mean, makes the biggest difference
0: and that's how um the scripture finishes teaching is it says Christ who was the author and the finisher of their faith. So it also takes a little pressure off us. It's okay. Mm-hmm. you just do your best, but like remembering that God is in charge of them, like he is there he knows how to whisper those little things to help them improve and to do their own
1: mm-hmm. um faith walk when it comes to a step like we said five steps right this really is a step for us remembering that he is the author and finisher it is yeah and if think of a finisher i think of something that takes, that gives the gleam to something, right? Mm-hmm. Or I think of something that takes the rough off. I think of something that finishes a beautiful piece. It, it is its own step. Yeah. You know, and I think that that is true of this. For me, this step is asking myself, like, what is surprising me about how God is helping this person, how God is navigating, helping this person navigate their life? And I also think and that step alone
0: can increase your faith because you're acting in a faithful way that
1: you know Heavenly Father will be take mm-hmm. care of them. So it also increases your faith, and it will increase theirs. Yeah. It also makes me think of, like, how is God authoring my children's lives, right? Wow. My two kids are so different. One's, I have a, a boy who's seven and a little girl who's three. They have some similarities, but they are, like, polar opposites when it comes to, I mean, one is— a rule driven and the most obedient. I mean, you say at three, like two, even don't go in the street.
0: He and he would
1: say, why? And you would explain to him why, and you're thinking you're explaining to a two year old, why he's not supposed to go in the street. And he, I don't know what it was. He just wouldn't go in the street after that. Once you explain to him, why, if he asked, he just wouldn't do it. It's crazy. And then my other daughter, man, she is like adventure, all adventure. And I'm telling you guys, they're both going to change the world in their own unique way. But that girl is going (laughs) to see the world. She sees the world differently. She sees opportunity in everything. Like there's a corner. I should turn it, mom. I should turn it because there is something super cool over there. And I can tell. I know it. I just know it. Like she just sees opportunity and adventure and she's driven, but it leads them in different paths. And they both have... I can see God authoring them for great, great things. And so sometimes my frustrations, I have to realize you know, he is creating something amazing in their life. And I, I'm excited to see what it brings.
0: Well, all of these lead you know, to how just this question of how do you attend to a soul? Because that scripture of, we come together to speak with one another concerning the welfare of their souls. So all these things are how do we attend to a soul? It's so wonderful that he like laid it out for us. Alicia has a family like saying in her house or a a quote or something.
1: Yeah. So when we first started talking about these scriptures, um, one of the things that really drew me in was that idea of um, really attending to a soul. Because in our house, part of our family um, theme is no soul left unattended. And... And that is really easy to say. It's easy to say that I don't want any soul in my home or anyone who enters my home for their soul to go unattended. But how do you actually do that?
0: And here it is.
1: And, and this was like, ah, this really helped me understand how to not just no soul left unattended, but this is how I attend to the souls of those who are in my home. And in, in my sphere, really. In my, yeah, and your My people, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I just love that he was able to teach us this. And I'm grateful that it's here. And we're grateful we could share it with you guys. So thanks so much for listening. And we will catch you next time. See you later. Bye. Bye. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. And can you believe it's getting close to the end of the year? We've done so many great things this year, so many memories, and we just want to say thanks for sharing your day with us, giving us a little bit of your time. We appreciate it.
1: We have loved getting to know you. It has been probably one of the highlights of what we do. So thank you for reaching out. Thank you for sharing yourselves with us too. And next year, we're already prepping for it. So if there are things you like that we do that you want to make sure we keep doing, let us know. And if there are things that we you want more of, like maybe more guests or I don't know, more of anything, yeah. then let us know. Or maybe there's something we're not doing that you're like, I really wish they did this. Yeah. We're open. We are. We're making lots of preparations and things, so hopefully we can make it successful again next year. So thanks, guys. hey Love having you with us. Okay. Bye. Bye. Always welcome here and sure, open the fridge. I don't care who you are. Come in my house, open the fridge if I let you in. People, (laughs) you know what I mean, (laughs) but you know what I'm saying. Once you're in, man, you're in
0: all the way to the fridge, it's true,
1: which is kind of sacred ground, anyway. But it's the whole idea. This is is going to end up in the after. Go ahead. <laughs> Emily, you're always welcome yes. to my fridge. Um the place you really want to go is the cupboard though. That's where all the good stuff is.
0: Ooh, I'm um, into the cupboard? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pass the fridge, guys. <laughs> you should be jealous. <laughs> it's true. But